I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Starting a little bit past our normal start time today, Jay has Jay has a story for why we're late that involves me looking bad. I have a story that makes us both look good. I have a good positive spin on it. So <laughs> I would like to say that we're, for our people listening that aren't in the live group, you don't know the difference. But for our live listeners, we're starting a little bit later than we normally do because we had a really positive, a really good team tactical training this morning with our company talking about the sales contract, specifically spending a decent amount of the time talking about the inspection process and all of the potential snares that inexperienced agents fall into, which is probably some of what we'll talk about today. Jay wants to make it look like we were just late because I wasn't ready. That's not the case, unless you would like to argue your case differently. Hmm. <laughs> you know... I think there's a good chance that our listeners would believe whatever whatever I said right now. There's a pretty good chance of that. I think it's whoever says it the most eloquently is who they would believe. <sighs> well, I'd like to think our listeners trust me just a little bit. Like f- being forceful and being eloquent are two different things. <laughs> and you know, if if you know your your uh, general Patton, he says, or no, it's Churchill. Excuse me, it's Churchill. A bad plan executed violently will work. Okay. So anyway, I'm not going to execute the plan violently on you, Gabe, I promise. (laughs) I will say that we're absolutely late today for a variety of reasons. Good reasons. Good. Some good. We ask your forgiveness. None. Not all good. (laughs) We were a little ill-prepared, just a little, but you know, that's fair. Gabe is like recording the training because we live stream all of our trainings for our entire brokerage Mm -hmm. for agents that are not able to attend in real time so that they can go back. He also does a very good job and I've given him tons of credit for this at, you know, kind of bookmarking, if you will, in a digital way, the content for our agents to go back and consume on demand. So this is no small feat. We have some great technology, which we're using right now. Switcher Studios is a good local company. We've actually featured the CEO on our other podcast as a guest. Uh, but Switcher is an amazing product that allows us to stream live. It gives us the capability to do what we're doing, but it's no small task. Okay, Gabe's got some basic setup. So the reason we're late is because that training went long. For those of you that are in the office and viewers and watching, <laughs> shocker. Um, it went long. So Gabe didn't have enough time to set up. Well, you're And the battery on his phone was drained yeah. because we use it as a recording. We used it to record that too. Well, you're talking about being ill-prepared. The whole point of what we were doing today is making sure the agents on our team are not ill-prepared, correct? Look, I'm trying oh, to say... Look at that segue. We can't, we can't go there. Let, no, <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, let okay. me finish. I'm trying to keep us on task. He is, I, I'm trying to give you credit here, okay? Like, he did his best, but he had to charge his daggone phone. He had to set up this room. He had to do this thing. He had to wrangle me. I'm out there talking to agents. I'm doing my thing. I got, you know, you know pulled aside for some some tactical conversation after the tactical training, which went an hour and a half when it was supposed to go an hour. And we only got one and a half pages of the contract done. 
which was inconceivable to me. <laughs> only you. And Gabe was in the room. <laughs> only you. Get out of here. <laughs> Gabe will submit that it was not all on me today. No, not And at all. I am certainly... We had agents with very good questions that should not have been skipped today. It was good that we got everything I, addressed. I am certainly long, of the long-winded variety. Okay? Well. That is for sure. I am long-winded. I... We're having a technical difficulty um, at the moment. I think Marcy is struggling with one of the cameras. Marcy, we good? Okay, sorry to not have a, a, too much dead air here. Um, my my shot froze because I got a phone call. Uh, I can't, and I don't know that All I All you can. have to do is disconnect it and reconnect it. Yeah, I don't know. Here, actually, you know what, Marcy? I think I can do it. You might have to reconnect it, but I got it on Do Not Disturb now. Okay, so going back to what I said. Yeah. Um, it wasn't all on me today that I ran long. I wasn't just long-winded. Sometimes I get on a soapbox and I just go, which is part of the reason why I'm sitting here able to kind of just talk to you for 30 minutes straight over absolutely nothing is basically what we're talking about right now. <laughs> well, but, I'll move it in the direction. But no, you, like. you are absolutely right. We had a great tactical meeting, which is one of our buzzwords. We like tactical. Yeah. Tactical is, you know, everyday fundamental stuff for your business. We have went at great lengths through the purchase contract. We're through four pages now. Okay. The contract is seven pages, but page seven is we're past halfway. signature page. Yeah. So one more meeting will be all the way through the contract, line by line, presentation, theme, theory, the whole nine. And we've had some great conversation. We got a lot of, you know, phenomenal feedback from our agents because of it, because you wouldn't believe it, but we've had agents in the room that have sold hundreds of homes that don't know that certain parts of the contract exist. And that's oh, embarrassing. I bet some of our listeners probably don't know about some parts of their some parts of this local contract even though they're working with it every day. It's one of those things that you don't necessarily read line by line. One of the big things you asked in the first meeting was how many people here have read the contract line by line? I don't think a single hand went up. I don't think so either. You know, I mean, we certainly know certain clauses and provisions, the hot button ones. Today, the big one was inspection contingency, which is yes. the biggest hot button in a purchase contract. If you're a real estate agent out there, no doubt you have lost a deal over inspections. It happens all the time. But... Um, you know, I mean, that's important. Like, and, and, and what we, what we believe in this brokerage, Gabe, and I know you know this, is that we, we believe in experiential learning. We simultaneously have a lot of inexperienced agents, mm -hmm. right? They may be experienced for their time in the business, but relatively inexperienced. And so they just simply haven't had enough time or number of transactions to know every permutation of what can transpire in a deal. So what we try to do is we hold these tactical trainings, we hold roundtable discussions that explore all that can happen. What has happened, what will happen, what can happen. Examples, permutations. If this transaction takes this turn or that, how do you handle it? And we discuss effective methods of communication and how to tactically navigate that situation. Right. That's what today ended up being. A lot more philosophical than I'd hoped. But, you know, if that's what they want, that's what I'm going to give them. Well, I think another thing that's important to point out what we talked about today, because a lot of our roundtable meetings and even some of our tactical trainings, we're talking about how to navigate uh, communicating with clients, right? We're talking about how to talk to your clients about this, how to talk to your clients through this, how to earn business with the clients. And today we spent a lot more time focusing on how to communicate with other agents, right? And I think we had a few examples of how poor agent-to-agent -agent communication can cost people a lot of money in a deal. 
I mean, we probably shouldn't, you know, go deep into details or anything, but we had a member of our team just recently tell us a story about how being the more experienced person on the other end of a negotiation uh, helped them because someone else negotiated their own client's money away just trying to make a deal happen because they weren't sure or they weren't skilled enough, weren't prepared enough to have good agent-to-agent communication so that that was a that was a big one uh perfectly illustrated our example and that's what that's the way it's been you know when you're really active like we are like the top agents in this brokerage are extremely active you know we had our company fourth quarter meeting last year last week Mm -hmm. uh last friday and we we told everyone that the brokerage which has now grown to you know in the 50s on agents um it's always a little we're on the in the process of onboarding new agents and sometimes agents leave and such and such so the, you know, i don't know the exact count but i know we're in the low 50s the majority of which are relatively new yeah like under we, 3 years is like definitely the well average. we started last year with we we started the year with 38 so if so let's say we're at 52 okay that's 14 new agents so at least 14 are new to the brokerage within this year a good percentage of those new to the industry okay a good percentage of the agents that joined last year new to the industry Right. And even some of the most productive agents are only a couple years at it. So not a ton of experience, but our top level agents are doing 50 to a hundred transactions. Like they are extremely productive to the point where their busyness challenges the efficiency with which they can process their business. And, you know, as I said, they're not always a hundred percent well-equipped to handle every situation. So as the broker, I have to be there and be involved in a lot of situations, which is why these trainings exist because we like to pass, you know, pass the knowledge along. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's what we're looking for. It's, it's really pretty powerful too. When you hear somebody in that room, talk about another agent that is so poorly equipped to negotiate a transaction on behalf of their client that they literally via text message, which is the only communication they were having, negotiates against themselves, ratcheting their counter downward, they're the seller, their counter price downward just in a matter of hours simply because there was no response from the buy side. Yeah, they were perceiving like, oh, that the I'll no t- response. I'll take 250. Oh, wait, no response. I'll take 245. Oh, wait, no, I'll take 240. Oh, you're not responding? How about 235? It's like it was almost just like a backwards auction. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, auction. it was like a backwards auction. I didn't I didn't get it, but it just illustrates the point. And that's how we do it. We're so active that we encounter these situations. We use them as teaching points. Well, here's a bold, completely unbacked up by statistics prediction that I would probably try to make. But you mentioned like our top agents on our team are doing 50 to 100 transactions. Yep. You know, even though they're relatively new in the business, I think if we agree that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're well equipped and have access to resources that help them be that successful, what that means is that, you know, team leaders that are listening that are outside of our brokerage, there's a good chance that you have people on your team that are capable of doing way more. You don't. You might not even need to go out and hire new agents. You might have agents right now who could be fifty to a hundred transaction agents on the year, but they don't have the resources and they're not equipped by their team and by their brokerage to achieve those results. And that can be a hard thing to hear if you're someone that leads a team. But you might have agents that are good enough to do that right now if only they had access to the information, the knowledge that they need. It's it, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. The and I don't want to make this an entire podcast episode about the sorry state of the industry, but it's, it's really, really insane to me how little a lot of brokerages provide. Okay. They, 
they do things because it's the way they've always been done. Yeah. Um, they provide nothing because brokers have typically provided nothing. Mm-hmm. They provide things that aren't of value because brokerages have typically provided things that are of no value. And agents consistently hop from company to company in search of more until they find a home or create their own, which is very prevalent, yep. where they find the situation that suits their needs. Another thing that's very dangerous that I think happens is you know, really productive agents who go on to become team leaders, if they were in an environment where they were not well-equipped and they had to learn everything for themselves, you know, had to learn everything in the school of hard knocks, they start to think that that's what makes a good agent. Like, you're not going to be a good agent if I give you all of this stuff, you know, if I pamper you and bring you up, like I became a 50 to 100 transaction agent by cutting my teeth and grinding every day and no one ever did anything for me. And then they lead their team that way and don't understand why new agents in the business aren't able to just like pull themselves up by their bootstraps like they did. Gabe, it really, okay. So I'm uniquely qualified to speak to exactly your point. Okay. So there is literally no one that could probably claim coming into the business under worse circumstances than I did. Yeah. We've talked about that. Okay. We talked at length and I, I, and I'll simply say that I came in at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. Okay. At the end of a boom, just in time for a bust. Okay. And the only thing fortunate about that was that I came in slightly before the bank foreclosure listing agent relationships were cemented in stone for the next five or six years. Right. There was like one or two seats left. Okay. That hadn't been filled. You know, there are agents that were in it before me that are still in it and it still makes up despite no volume. There's still, still makes up the predominant amount of their business still to this minute. Right. Okay. And there's a lot of agents like myself that don't really do it anymore because there's not, enough business in it. I could yeah. still be doing it. I could. It's but just it's not, not it's like a, the most profitable use of your it's time not, like it it's, used to it's be. It's not. Okay. But, but even then, when you, when you grant me the fact that I was able to secure one of those positions with a lot of different lenders looking to liquidate foreclosed inventory, I had to really grind to get the opportunity, to keep the opportunity. Okay. And to squeak out a profit in the very beginning that turned into being very profitable. But like I had to literally almost sell my soul. Okay. To make that work. Right. So nobody is going to argue with me about how things are more difficult today than they were then. Nonsense. It's bunk. Sure. Okay. I won't accept that argument. And, but, but at the same time, I don't think everybody has to do it my way. I am setting about we, are setting about to create an environment that makes it easier for agents. I don't care that they have it easier. They're not, they're going to hear what you just heard from me from time to time, Yeah, but they're not going to get a daily uphill both ways to school in five feet of snow speech. Yeah. Because that doesn't actually make people better. That's an, the that's truth an ego is stroke. parents want to make it easier for their kids the way I want to make it easier for the agents here in this brokerage. And sure. I'm not professing to be their father and it's not real bad. estate dad. That's I it. have been called real estate dad. Let's see. Let's see if they're, if your real estate I, I, son, I, I is, don't, is I don't see, if, I don't see any comments from the self-professed 
uh, who the person who's given me the given me the title. Anyway, my point is, I want nothing more than to make it easier for agents to be really successful. But at the same time, okay, what I want is I want to find somebody that comes at it with the tenacity and the effort that I brought to it in the face of adversity, but with the advantages. Absolutely. And I want to watch them take off like a rocket ship. Yeah. Like that's Double what I really Double down want. on your good people. And you know what? And I don't even care if they leave the brokerage because of that, because that success is what leads them to it. Because then... You know, when you're when you're the le- so so I got a plaque sitting over there that was so graciously given to me by the um, the publisher of Real Producers Magazine, which I was on the inaugural cover. And I was going to go this in, direction too. Back so. in September, that says I'm a leader of leaders. Mm-hmm. There's n- there's no better compliment that yeah. I can be afforded is that I have I have mentored and fostered the businesses of people that are capable of mentoring and fostering new agents. Yeah, and part of leading leaders is being willing to send people out, you know? It's you don't hold on to your leaders and hold them back, you send them out. So You know, if I'm smart, I create opportunities for them to continue to flourish within my system. Right? If I'm smart. Cuz you want to hold they're, you know, they're a good part of your ecosystem. But yeah. but even then, there are there are people that that's not the right decision for. And I have to accept and understand that, and this is not the path that we went down originally. But that's what this morning was about, was about passing the knowledge. And part of the reason, Gabe, I won't say it's the predominant reason, but it's part of the reason. Self-preservation is part of the reason why brokerages don't provide what they should provide. And shame on them. Because to me, I was taught by my father in this business. Who is watching now. I saw that he just joined. Did he chime in? Mr. Pitts, hello, sir. Um, I was taught that a rising tide raises all ships, and that's definitely a Jeff Pitt saying that we had on season one of the re, uh, of the resource uh, podcast. We yep. had him as a guest, and we talked about his sayings. That's definitely one of them. But the truth is, the spirit of abundance, right? The idea that you put good out and you get good in return, and you don't count your you don't balance. You don't have a balance sheet of output versus input. Yeah. Okay. You focus primarily on the output. You do good, you you give good, you give without expecting, and what you get is something amazing in return. And what I've been, what I've been, what I've received, is the trust and favor of some really amazing people. And when I when I ask myself, have I done a good job? That's that's how I measure myself. For sure. If I'm able to lead these people, if I'm able to give these people advice, and I have so much respect for them. And I must be doing something right. Yeah. In the spirit of giving without expecting anything in return. Thanksgiving's like you, next week. Was that? Thanksgiving's next Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving is next week. Yeah, that's not where I was going, but that's Which a good we point. won't be doing a podcast next Wednesday because we will be focusing on other things. Yep. PSA. But, yeah. Thank but we've got a great guest lined up for the week after. We do. Make sure not to I'm miss not, that. I'm not going to say who yet. Before we get there, what I was going to say is in the spirit of giving without expecting anything in return, the whole point of what we're trying to do today is give you tactical advice that you can act on. So, Jay, what would you tell to other team leaders who are listening? Because we have some team leaders who are tuned in right now and who will listen to this later. What are your top tactical tips of ways that you can be equipping members of your team? We talked about team trainings already, which, I mean, to give you a visual, we have everybody in a classroom style setting together reading through the contract on a big screen and answering questions in real time talking through line by line like we're giving people the opportunity to sit with other experienced agents not just you but other experienced agents in the room and work through the contract so 
team team setting training like that is one thing. What are some other things that you found in your several years leading this team that are super important that you wouldn't do without now as far as offering things to your agents? Well, I think I think you know there, there's a mix, right? People don't leave companies; they leave leaders. Hmm. Also, people don't join companies; they join leaders. Okay. Okay. So, so the people that join this company, they do so because they believe that I, first and foremost, am going to create an environment that is going to predicate success for them. So what I do and what I would suggest for our leaders is to do just what I'm doing, foster leadership within your ranks, okay? Give of yourself and your time and your energy and effort first and foremost, right? You know, we joke about me going long, being long-winded, and I, Lord knows I, I have the gift of gab, <laughs> okay? You're but, a good company. But, but, it's okay. But most times, it's because I'm answering a question, and I'm so intent on giving the most complete answer that I can possibly give that it requires extensive context. And it's background. not just you. We also have other leaders who chime in, and that you know, and that's just what I'm saying. So you know, today, which we'll have him on the podcast at some point, Jeremy Byers sat in the meeting. You know, a veteran of this company for over ten years. And, you know, Jeremy and I don't always see 100% eye-to-eye tactically. That's one of the best things, I think. But to hear he and I'm sure it's a, of a extreme value to hear somebody like he and I or he and Tracy French, former guest in the podcast, or Matt Hoagland, another former guest of the podcast, go back and forth with educated, well-formed opinions rooted in experience and allow everyone to learn mm-hmm. from not just one point of view but an opposing and intelligent well thought out opposing point of view. Yeah, so we're not just echoing the same things back and forth. It's not an echo we're chamber. Seeing all of the perspectives. It's not an echo chamber. Um, you know, and this business is so great because it leaves open the opportunity for interpretation and context. Right. And a great practitioner can choose to do business a different way than than another. So yeah, I would I would foster that voice. So, so many leaders make the mistake of only wanting an echo chamber. And I'll, look, I'll be the first to say, the majority of opinions around here somewhat resemble my opinions. Yeah. That's, that's also the impact of a great leader, I think. But you have to be open. I mean, I sat here with an agent the other day who had a drastic difference of opinion on a very simplistic um, you know, way to go about doing a thing. I didn't see the value in it. Okay. I, I, I educated this person on why I didn't see the value of it. And we can either agree or we can agree to disagree. But the point is, challenge me. Be prepared to defend your stance if you challenge me. Right. Be ready. Okay, because I'm going to defend mine. I think back to a conversation that we had with uh, Christy Dugan, who was on the podcast a little bit yeah. earlier. We talked a lot about this really structured goal setting. And even beyond you know, just the structured goal setting, I think being transparent with team members about their goals and knowing what the individual members of your team are trying to accomplish is a huge thing, too, that you can bring as a leader. Yeah. Being tuned into people's specific needs. Well, and, and not knowing, Gabe, I have strong opinions, but I also have a strong opinion about the fact that I am not the only one that knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to, you don't like knocking on doors. I don't know. You don't like knocking on doors, Gabe. Everyone that's Guess listening what? knows that about me. Guess what? 
you don't have to knock on doors. Sure. Will it work? Could it work? We and we've talked about this at length, and could, I agree. Doing could, it right, it could, could it work. could it work? Yeah, like I'm not political t- campaign still. Somebody do it, comes so. to me and says, "Hey Jay, I want to make door knocking a big part of my business." Great, go at it. Here's the consequences. Here's the lo- here's the level of conversion you should expect. Here's what you should expect. Yeah. Here's what you should expect. It's it's you know, I'm not going to be breathless in support or in opposition to any one tactic. You want to call expires? Do you knock it out? You want to go fizzbos? You want to do open houses? You want to run Facebook ads? You want to run you know, PPC, you want to have the best website, you want to canvas music festivals and hand out business cards. Like you do what you do you. Yeah. And I'm great with that. Okay. Don't expect me to accept a BS explanation about why it did or didn't work. Not going to do it. Okay. I'm going to give you my opinion. Sure. I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to challenge your notions, your assumptions and your notions. But that's that's what I think what good leaders do, and that's what I, I would advise that as well. So you're not censoring your team's creativity. You're giving people the opportunity to, to learn in the field, and maybe they learn by failing. You know, yeah. maybe someone comes to you and says, "I really want to spend money doing this really low yield marketing technique that you've already tried and you know doesn't work." I mean, you might still tell them, be honest, like, hey, I tried that and it wasn't great for me. If you're passionate about it, feel free to do it. Understand these are the projected consequences. This is the amount of experience you, or not experience, but this is the amount of uh, return you should expect. Uh, but still, by all means, if you're passionate about it, go and learn. Go and prove I, me wrong. Yeah, I might make that face. That's you what know, the face sounds like if you're I just might, listening. I'm, I'm, I, might, I might make a face. Um, you might not like my answer, but I welcome you to prove me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. What could what could be better than I, I having a member it. of your team find a new avenue of business that you thought didn't work anymore? I love it. You know, I talk I talk I talk about my dad a lot. My dad tried to convince me not to do bank foreclosure property early in my career. Okay. Okay. He's watching this. He may he may object. He probably has a difference of opinion, but that's the way I took it. So so I'll tell my truth. Okay. <laughs> I go all millennial on y'all and tell my truth. No, he he thought it was I was spinning my tires. I was spinning my wheels. Yeah. Um, I took a lot of pleasure in making it work. I took a lot of pleasure in making it work in opposition to what other people thought, not just him. Lots of people told me not to do it. Yeah. But I mean, and, I those, w- are, and those are people, it's important to say, these are people that were looking out for you. They cared about me. They didn't he say cared don't about do me. it because like, we don't want you to be successful. They said, don't do it because we do want you to be successful. Uh, no, absolutely. He thought I could, I could, I could be more profitable in another arena. Sure. Which is, may be true, but I wore that success like a badge of honor when people told me not to do it and I did it anyway and I made it work. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a big feather in my cap for a while. Well, yeah, and I think that leads to like one of the last things I wanted to say is a mark of a good leader is someone that is willing to learn from the people that they lead. You, you, you know what I mean? else? I'll tell you this about my dad. My dad said to me after I made it work that I was right. That's big. That's a good leader. Yeah. Okay. He was... He was n- he, I went, I went opposite. I went rogue. I went rogue, you know, in opposition to his advice. And those of you that haven't listened for a long time, that's 30 years of experience that I'm going rogue against there. Sure. Okay. It took some guts. It'd be like if one of your new agents came in here, I mean, it's not 30 years quite, but like if a new agent came in here and said, well, I'm going to do it this way. What would you be thinking in your head? You'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe I would accept it and maybe I wouldn't. But the same time it took, it took guts on my part to do it. I made it work. I wore it like a badge of honor, but then I received the respect uh, that he gave me by saying, Hey, you were right. You made it work. Yeah. 
and leaders listening, those are the kind of people you want on your team. Not necessarily people that are going to buck the trend every time. That's not what I'm saying. But the people who come in and are willing to prove you wrong about something they believe will work, and if it doesn't work, the people that are willing to own that they were wrong, those are good team members. Let, let, let me, let you don't me, need party line people. Let me give you – no, absolutely not. No echo chambers. Um, Groupthink is not a thing in my world. No. But but here's here's the thing that really, really – I think sets a great leader apart, Gabe, is the leader that knows the difference between someone who is resisting or contrarian for the sake of it, okay? Yeah. And the one that is, you know, pursuing passion, you know, with the proper context, with the proper backing, with the proper effort. They put they, they put their actions in alignment with their goals, with their, yeah. with their objectives, with their, you know, values, I think a good leader is what really is the one that really knows the difference that doesn't make too much of the little stuff. Like, look, I may tell you it's a waste of your time to door knock. Okay. But I may see it in your eyes that you're going to prove me wrong. And it takes, it takes a special kind of leader to know that. Yep. Identify it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell a great story real quick about a guy that joined our team last year. He's no longer on our team. He's still with the brokerage. Okay. So understand the dynamic here. Scott Radcliffe, right. which we'll probably have on the podcast at some point. Yeah, Scott sat across from me, and he said, I want to join your team. Scott had been on a really high split with another office okay. before he joined us, and he had had a moderate amount of success. Okay, Probably more success than most people have when they join my team, team, not the brokerage, the team. Right. Okay. Scott said to me, I don't care about the money. I need to learn from you. And if I need to be on your team and I need to give up some money to get closer to you, to learn what I need to learn, then I, that's what I'm going to do. And I said to him, I said, I want, I want a commitment. I want a year. Minimum. I want a year. Okay. He says, done. Let's do it. Because you know that's how it is. Like, you know, he comes on the team. He gets a shot in the arm. He wants to go out on his own immediately. Then it disrupts the team culture, and we don't want to do that, right? Sure. So Scott came on the team, and Marcy's going to correct me, but I think it was something like 30 deals in six months. Yeah. Okay. And we were like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, nobody saw it. Nobody saw that. He didn't see it. I didn't see it. Right? But just like literally shot out of a cannon. And he came to me, and he goes, hey, man, um, I know. And I said, stop. <laughs> I said, we said a year. But you do you. You proved me, you not proved me wrong because you didn't say you couldn't, but it's like you, you proved what you were here to do. So, yeah. so, so, here's, so here's what I said. Second, you ain't perfect. No, of course not. You still have this, 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 and this that you need to fix. And he said, yeah, I know. I said, promise me that you're going to take, take the better split and you're going to invest in this, 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 and this to solve those problems. And he's doing it. Yeah. Well, because he learned firsthand. And, he, and, he and, he's, and he's, still do, he's still doing amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, look, there's a million different ways I could have handled that. But I said, do you, man. And anybody that's on my team right now that wants that same thing, that comes to me today, whether I believe it or not, I'm going to say, do you, but. Here's what I need to see. Here's what I want to see. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Trust me. Don't trust me. Listen. Don't listen. It's on you. You know, it's on you now. You know where you where you big boy and big girl pants. Like you do you, but understand that I've been there and I've done it. 
and this is what I think you need to do. And and maybe they take it, maybe they don't. Sure. But most times they take it because they're here. They're here because that's why they're, that, that's why they're here. That's they, why they're, they, here. They're, they're here because they know that I'm going to handle that situation just like that. Exactly. All right. Started late. Still bringing it in on 30 minutes. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're in the zone right now. I want to tell everyone, all of our listeners on the Facebook group or listening on iTunes, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. I want to reiterate from myself. I think I can speak for Gabe. I think I can speak for producer Marcy over there. Um, Remax Premier Properties, the JT Pitts and Associates team, Resource Real Talk about Louisville real estate. Yes. We believe in family. We believe in Thanksgiving. Okay. We believe in having a certain amount of appreciation for the unbelievable gifts that have been bestowed upon us. That is why we are taking next Wednesday off. We appreciate you for listening. We welcome you back the following Wednesday where we're going to have an amazing guest. Mm-hmm, um, indeed. Young, young lady that has an amazing business that is going to talk to you uh, very intently about the simplicity of how she does business and how simplistic tactics executed consistently will produce amazing results. And I'm so excited to have her. So please join us. I don't know the date, Gabe. It's not the next week is the 27th. It's and December. December 4th. There you go. Make sure we don't. December 4th, right here at noon. We'll try to get started on time. I appreciate you. Check us out on uh, on iTunes. Leave us a review. Share it with a friend. Whatever you can do to support this. If you are listening to this and you are not a member of our community, reach out. You can find us. The Facebook group is secret. You will not be able to search for it and ask to join. You have to come to us directly. Get with Gabe or get with myself. Yep, definitely. For Gabe Pruitt, I'm Jay Pitts. Resource Real Talk about Louisville. Louisville real estate. We'll see you in two weeks.